Good evening and a warm welcome to all witches, weirdos, goblins and ghouls. You are listening to or watching the London Horror Society podcast. This is the podcast where we chat to people working across the genre, whether they be established or emerging, in front of or behind the camera, from first assistant director to final girl. This week, we have a very, very different kind of episode. This is an uncut 666 short film challenge special edition. Uh, we are sat down with a friend and colleague of mine uh, who I've worked with for a couple of years um who really knows their stuff and we're going to be breaking down some shoot docs uh i'm also with my uh, co-host and co-producer chris hello i've already been touching my face because this is weird we're recording video i'm not <laughs> used to this so apologies everyone for uh, for any weird ticks that i may have that i didn't know about cool nice and snappy like i asked <laughs> uh, and i'm also with uh, my producer friend evie russell hi evie how are you hi Al, i'm good thanks so on screen, you should be able to see uh, a few different folders, and these are pretty much the kind of basic shoot docs that anyone will need when they're doing a kind of short film or anything um, of this level. And uh, we are going to make all of these are all available to you if you're listening to this or watching. Um, these are all available at the link in the show notes below. Um, so, yeah, have a peruse, feel free to download. Um, and use them for the 666 short film challenge over the weekend or you can use them moving forward feel free to tweak them do whatever you want uh, i'm going to stop rambling now and evie is going to talk us through a few of the docs yeah so um call sheet is sort of your bible for your shoot um and however you want to be running your production um to be honest, I think with regards to this challenge, it's a pretty good starting point, whereas usually you'd be collating all of your information that you've gathered and all of your planning that's gone on in the run up to your shoot um, and be releasing it a day, a couple of days before your shoot to all your crew. With the time constraint, it might be quite an interesting place to start as a to do list. Um, so you really just want all of the information that pertains to what you are going to be shooting and basically what everyone on the ground will need to know on that day. Um, so you want to have your date and your location, call times of various people. And sometimes if you're working with a couple of talent or um, different crew shooting a couple of different locations, it's worth staggering them. There's no point bringing everyone along for the full day if you don't need to. Less bodies is less people for you to manage, which is always helpful. Um, then you want to list your crew names, key contact details. And one thing um, I'm quite keen to start doing these days is asking crew if they want to share their Instagram handles. If you want to be pushing out your content on any social channels, um, it's just very quick and easy to then go back to your call sheet, write down their Instagram handles and tag them in it. They can then push it out on their channels. It's just a great way to sort of connect with people. There's a lot of people in the production industries especially crew roles who are all connected on Instagram and find other work through Instagram as well. So it's always useful. So um, it's a really way to get work as well. I've got mm -hmm. a load of jobs through Instagram and I know a load of freelancers that have as well. I'd, I'd never thought of putting that on the call sheet. Yeah, I had it. It came up recently in a discussion because we've been trying to push our social media a bit more. So um, I just thought it'd be worth mentioning now. Um, Genius. Then... You've got talent. Um, so this totally depends on obviously what it is you're going to be shooting, how many people you're working with. Um, generally, I 
would write their names and it and the agency that you've hired them through if it has been through an agency um there tends to be more of a trend to keep their contact details off books um just gdpr stuff i guess um so it's just one to be aware of you as the producer if that's the role you're undertaking on this production um it's best to keep a record of them close if you've got for example um a second assistant director um they might be sort of your talent wrangler for the day it's always quite good to have some if you've got a lot of bodies i mean to set a lot of talent you're working with it's always quite good to have a designated crew role um for somebody to be in charge of their arrival times and when they're supposed to be on camera and all that jazz so that's another person that would be kind of keeping hold of their contact details as well um but it's just one that I don't really know why but talent tend to be a bit funny about but crew never are just about having their email address and their phone number on a call sheet but I think you know as you said like a lot of crew all tend to know each other um and it's probably not that big a deal I would feel much less weird as a crew member being called by another crew member but if i was talent and a crew member was calling me when they have literally no reason to it's it just mitigates any weirdness i think it's just it's kind of an industry-wide best practice um yeah i i tend to you know on on commercial things i tend to have a client or general facing uh call sheet and then a more more private one without the talent info and stuff but yeah, yeah, definitely good call. I guess talent, if you've hired them through an agency, talent tend to be quite attractive people for the most part. Um, unfortunately, that's just a standard in commercial content. Um, so you don't really want to be... No. Yeah, well, you never know. <laughs> um, <laughs> you don't really want to be entertaining any crew going, you know, I got your number on the call sheet. That's just... It's a bit unprofessional. So um, generally, keep your talent to yourself. <laughs> it's... Yeah, incredibly unprofessional. We don't don't condone uh, sneaky call sheet number lifts at all. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, so yeah, I mean, is what do you what do you kind of do with your call sheet? Do you kind of just you write this out, email it out to people, and then is that it, or do you, do you kind of have this with you throughout the shoot day? Or I definitely it's it's on hand throughout the shoot day. The amount of times I have to check back just for de- like you're never going to know everyone's details off the top of your head if you're producing a piece of content you've sort of managed and been in charge of so many different things that it you know it's just a quick easy reference to bring to the front of your hand so if you have definitely have a laptop with you with it on it um and if you have a tablet it's sometimes easier just for like really quick reading um like just open up the pdf rather than opening up your laptop that kind of thing just gives you quick reference again to you know if somebody's expected because the talk call times there they've not shown up um half the time you know you forget the postcode of the location that you've booked to shoot at so it's just really useful it's got all of the information that you need and a quick look cheat sheet kind of thing exactly yeah um um, sorry i love the way you described it at the start as like a a to-do list i think actually that's a really neat way of kind of thinking about call sheets you know just because they may be called something slightly different than you're used to that's that's essentially what it is right and i think i think one of the best things about them is the more information you can put on there sometimes the better you know if there's any sort of key bits of information you would like to see if you were going on to set i think it's often worth putting it on there 
and I think as well, if um, if people are, are planning to submit something to to six six six, maybe that's going to even just have two or three people as part of the team. I still think it's such a cool way of just making sure that everybody has the uh, the same information. It's consistent, so everybody's on the same page. And hey, look, if the, if you know, it was a great point that you brought up about um, the personal details sharing. I think if anyone's sort of slightly worried about um, what exactly they can and can't do there, I think. As always, if you're happy to share, you know, your details as the uh, as the personal and um, you know, or the leader, I guess, behind the project, just put yours down there, and then you can, you know, you'll have everybody else's uh, contact details there, in it, and you can go ahead and, and get in touch there. So yeah, it's uh, yeah, you can you're making it easy as as complicated as you like, really. Yeah, I always find that when it's always good just to for the producer to be the point port of call for for yeah. better or worse. One mainly so that they know everything that's going on. Because if if DOP and AD are having conversations, texting back and forth, or they're on the phone and they're making a plan, but you're not in the loop, you know, it's um, one, it bruises my ego, makes me sad. But <laughs> but more importantly, it's just you don't know, you don't know what's going on. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, any anything else that you would throw on the uh, call sheet, like dietary requirements or anything like that, is that worth putting on there at all, or? You can do. Generally, I have a secondary crew document spreadsheet that I'm running um, with all crew, whether they need parking or not, all of their contact details, if they've got any dietary requirements, that sort of to one side that, you know, you've you've got a lot of production documents that you're going to be reaching to um, on any given shoot day. Um, if you find it more useful to put it in the in your call sheet, then by all means, absolutely go for it. I know that I like putting in not only call times but the kit delivery times what kit you're going to get also if you've booked any catering what time that's been booked to come at um and if you've got any contact details from them that's another one as well location contact detail kit house contact detail catering contact details i mean again with the whole gdpr i sometimes just write care of myself you know care of producer at tinderflint so if anyone's got a question about it they will come to you and then you open up your very handy spreadsheet where you've got all of your other information as well. Um, so you're sort of running multiple documents at a time, but it's just it's more just to help yourself out. I think as well in the more commercial side of production, if a client asks you a question, you want to have the answers. If you're on a very busy, stressful shoot day, you kind of don't want to get caught off guard not knowing when something's happening. And if you don't think you can get back to them within five minutes, if you're trying to scrabble to be like, oh, if you just, you know, I'll go ask this person. This, that, it's it, You need to be their main point of contact. So sure. everyone needs to come to you, kind of like Jim said. Mm -hmm. Nice. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I guess weather as well. Um, doesn't really matter if you're shooting inside or outside. Changing light is going to constantly affect your shots. Um, so it's just a good one to put in advance so that crew can sort of be prepped for what they need. Again, as well, just in the sense that it's a bit of a checklist, check the weather a couple of days before, speak to your crew, see what kit they're thinking. You know, if you're shooting in a location with a big window or a big skylight and it's blue sunny skies, you've got to time your schedule then a bit differently because you need to know where the sun's going to be, if it's going to be moving quite a lot in the middle of a shot when you're doing retakes, you're going to have different lighting. Um, if you're going to need to like fully black a window out, 
there's just so many different variables as well that again the weather is other crew know what they need to know about the information you provide on the call sheet so you don't necessarily need to know if you'll have to black out a window but the person who does need to know will get that information from you if you've got the weather in your call sheet type thing mm-hmm. yeah. and they'll likely have checked in in advance to know what kit they need but i guess a lot of you know experienced dops or gaffers have bits of their own kit that they tend to just like to bring they'll bring it along in their car and just say like you know they can jump out and grab it for you if if need be it just sort of gives them information for contingency planning as well mm-hmm. yeah that makes sense cool um, i think as well then yeah location as i said uh you want the location address maps are always useful screenshots of maps um there's usually a few different routes especially shooting in London so writing where the nearest train stations are tube stations and then a few the people are walking or whatever um where local car parks are as well if if parking isn't available outside your location but again one thing to probably keep off the call sheet is location contact details just keep that for yourself Um, at the end of the day if you're if you're renting someone's home that's their personal home to go and shoot in you don't really want crew being able to contact them with where they want for no reason so mm-hmm. just another one and then schedule um yeah always handy i think generally in my experience as a producer it's been um other heads of department your dop director first ad if you've got one really who are drafting your shooting schedule um and then they'll send you it in a document that you can combine with your call sheet um a really good tip as to actually take a screenshot of that schedule, keep it as your wallpaper for the day so you don't need to constantly unlock your phone. You can just have a very quick reference. That is, I can't take credit for that tip. So tip. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> it is, uh, it is, and it's very useful, I have to say. It's very useful. You just tap your lock screen, you know exactly what you're supposed to be doing at that moment, even if, if you're a half an hour behind or whatever so it's nice to see that my legacy is still intact at my, uh, at my former workplace <laughs> oh is that is that you Jim? that's that's one of yours oh yeah yeah, yeah. oh <laughs> that is I'm, I'm actually yeah I was, as soon as I heard that I was like that's great I'm having that <laughs> yeah I don't I don't do smart things very often but when I do I do do pretty good smart things well, that was a really intelligent sentence. When I do do smart things, they're very good smart things. He's blown it. He's blown it already. <laughs> <laughs> Great. All right. Nice. I mean, that's uh, that's that's cool sheet, isn't it? I mean, that's. that's um, I think yeah, that, I'm, I'm I'm really glad we did that one first. Actually, I think that is is genuinely such a great one to sort of start with. Um, yeah. So and then uh, and then yeah, shooting schedule. And I think after we've after we've done shooting schedule, um, I'll go through a few questions. We've had a few questions come in um, that. Uh, I'm happy to tackle and to save Evie's, uh, save Evie's breath when we move on to the other ones. And so, uh, so yeah, this is great. So yeah, shooting schedule. Sure. So yeah, I know, you know, as Evie quite rightly said, um, you know, ADs, DOPs and stuff like that, they are usually going to be doing the shooting schedule, but I would imagine we're not running full crews this one <laughs> um so yeah it'd be good to kind of like h- how would you kind of approach a schedule what kind of things would you have in mind um if you were say say you know i was an ad and chris is your dop um you've got all of the information about 
in out time um you know when lunch is coming and all of that kind of stuff how do you kind of bear that in mind when you when a schedule is being pulled together yeah so I think I mean generally if you've rented a location if you're paying for a commercial location um you'll have an access time and a time you've got to be out by out of which you're going to be incurring overtime fees which you don't want to be doing so you want to keep pretty tight to that if you can um things like lunch and breaks I tend to be a bit um flexible or sort of chicken and egg with you know it's it's production sort of ongoing conversations to say well could we have lunch then is that feasible and then catering you'll sort of maybe book up a day or two before you'll confirm it for the time that suits the production um but also gives that balance of not completely overworking your crew as well so um I think one thing to be mindful of just in a commercial sense is that um obviously this challenge has a time limit on it push yourselves as much as you want to if you're going to be shooting um for a commercial project the rules are generally like a 10 plus one which is 10 hours shooting time and one hour for lunch over and above that um and that would be that would be standard rates for everyone um so that's generally the way that I would draft a schedule would be 10 hour based if you can get under that then you're winning but um generally call times start quite early uh I would say seven eight o'clock you know if you're lucky um and you want to be allowing I would say an hour for a big you know production commercial production at least an hour for like loading in because you just you'll underestimate the sheer quantity of kit that sometimes comes with the production and by the time that the camera gets rigged up in bits you know they can pack stuff down they can put it back in the van they can keep it secure they can move it out of the space but they need to make a bit of a mess before you get started um you also want to consider art department if you've got that if you're working with that if you need to in any way dress a space um obviously you'll have a shooting person or crew working at the same time as maybe a props master an art director who will be setting up the space the first space you want to shoot in whilst the other person's bringing up the camera that kind of thing and then from there I feel it's quite flexible depending on what it is that you're shooting you know um if you're working on something that's slightly more run and gun you're and if you want to capture things like as they're happening if there's more of like a doco element to it as well you want to probably give yourself some checkpoints and some general shots that you're looking to pick up and an estimated amount of time to get those um if you've got quite a like a constructed narrative and quite a good like um art direction like I said in mind then it's a bit more structured in terms of you'll allow a first hour an hour and a half of the day is like breakfast simultaneous with like load in and set up simultaneously with art department setting up then you get rolling again how long you give to a shot completely depends on what you're filming as well um so you want to be considering you know people's call times talents call times um what shots you want to be getting at what points of the day if that's going to be affected by light it's going to be affected by weather again um yeah it, it's it's very variable depending on 
what long, it is that you're shooting. How long is a piece of string kind of thing? Yeah. yeah. You know, it's how long does a shot take? It's impossible. Hey, Jim, so. I've got a quick idea. Do you want to, um, as for people are watching, if they may not have seen um, mm. a schedule like this before, do you want to do a quick example line? Um, yeah. I'm going to be, I'm going to be your producer. You could be my first AD. Um, sure. Uh, this may come up um, in real time. You never know. So uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a mean bastard. So we're shooting at seven, full time seven. Cool. Um, and we're doing, uh, you, you tell me what shot we're going to do. I know it's going to be definitely internal and, um, oh, my character is, uh, the evil John Smith. Um, and his, uh, his prop okay. is, uh, is an ax, um, lighting. There will be some, yes. Um, camera. Yep. You tell me again, you've been organizing this while I've been out and, um, I'm feeling kind. There's no FX in this. So how would you feel that? Look at that. Look at him go. Uh, location. Do it in a barn. Yeah. Deal with John Smith in a barn with an axe. I think, um, you know, if we're in a barn and it's 7 a.m., I think what I would like is some kind of golden hour and some mist. Ooh. You know, because obviously we haven't got a but. you know, it's arbitrary budget. We do whatever we want. Um, so I think, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Golden hour. Gels. Um... And then, yeah, Hazer, cool. Nice. And there you go. And then, yeah, and then uh, as uh, as Evie said, you just carry on going down there and uh, inserting them as we go, which is um, which is basically yeah. it. And I think, again, just like the call sheet, it's just so great. I mean, I think when we are looking at serious time constraints on this project, I think it might seem that it will take a long time to fill in this document before you go, if you're just sort of raring to get out there and, and yeah. get stuff shot, but you are going to save yourself so much time by just mm. prepping out exactly what you're going to do. Mm. And it will help you make sure that you don't get to a point in the day where you spent so long taking, you know, one shot or your first shot or your second shot, and then you just lose track of time and then you're not going to have you know time to get yeah. the rest of your, you know, sometimes crucial shots. So cannot recommend doing this highly enough. I think, you know, even if it's your first go, you know, it's uh, it might seem like overkill sometime, but I think just getting everyone organized, getting everyone prepped is yeah. this is such a worthwhile document to do. And this is going to be the theme of the day, by the way. It's just prep, 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 <laughs> prep, prep. That, to yeah. Get as much of it down there as you can, just so when you do get to set, there's so many other things that can take up your time, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, generally speaking, not so much for 666, maybe, I don't know. But it's worth doing these as early as you can as well, just so that mm -hmm. you can see how it all shakes out. Because I can't tell you how many times that I have done a shot list or a schedule thinking, yeah, yeah, it'll be fine. I'm too busy right now. Uh, I haven't got the time to do it. I'll do it, you know, the night before or something like that. And I've made all of the promises to all of the people and the DAPs can have his lights and, you know, the client's going to get everything that they want. And the director's going to get every single shot to make it work. And then I start doing the schedule and I go, fuck. <laughs> because, it's, you know, they you think that it's all going to work and then someone goes, well, yeah, but it's going to take an hour and a half to set that up. And you go, oh, shit. Do you know what I mean? So it's it's, it's good practice to get into doing this as early as you can. Um, just, and it also kind of will reveal itself in a funny way because you'll have an idea of what you want to shoot and in what order. But then you might go, okay, we've got this set up in the barn and it's morning. Well, we've also got a set up in the barn at night so can we shoot those together, but just change the lighting and rather than do one setup, do something else and then do another setup back where we were before, 
let's just combine those shots. Um, I don't know if that works for other people. I find that having everything laid out in front of me really helps me to kind of be able to identify patterns and uh, streamline things a little bit. But but yeah, get get them done as soon as you can. <laughs> I think the more prepped you are, ironically, the more light on your feet you can be. So, mm. you know, once you like once you've got an idea of yeah what you want to shoot and obviously I'm, I've been talking about it from quite a commercial sense so I appreciate it might come across slightly more overwhelming than it needs to be for a project like this um, but if you've got an idea of what you want to shoot and you break down your scenes you break down your shots and then you think yeah feasibly what time can I get this shot does it make sense to shoot that in the morning does it make sense to shoot that at night then you end up like um, like you said Jim it develops it, it sort of just yeah it develops by itself and the good thing is once you've got everything written down and a very handy checkbox as well if your day is then running over time and things haven't quite gone to plan you can take a look at your full list and prioritize you can shuffle yeah. stuff around because you know what you do have you know what's more important for the sake of the project for you to get and what you might potentially be able to lose and the narrative will still be fine or you know what you think you could pick up another day just very light on your feet very much easy you don't need a full setup for it you kind of you can almost see your full project coming together and understanding it piecing together that almost in the edit but through the shot list yeah 100 there it is yeah <laughs> Nothing perfect <aware>. yeah <laughs> yeah great i mean that's yeah it's because you can get yeah brilliant all right um so hey. i think we can probably say that for schedule great perfect wonderful all right. Um, so just to uh, to yeah, break things up, I mean, like we said, we offered out um, the opportunity to ask some questions um, about uh, about the challenge, obviously, and we've uh, we've had um, some come through and about production in general, which is great. So uh, I can uh, I can take these. So uh, we had a couple of questions come in. Uh, one is so when using cast and locations on a feature, are talent release forms and location release forms enough? Or is the standard protocol to get some sort of legal contract? I mean, I think it just the my, my sort of answer to that. And guys, if you think I'm uh, talking out my ass, which sometimes I often do, please do uh, do dig in. But I think, I mean, with a on a feature film, yes, I think at the end of the day, I think everyone often makes a feature film to make it commercially viable. And I think um, so often we've seen very low budget films fall down when it's come to the distribution or sales aspect because um, things haven't signed off properly. Um, the, the thing is now is that it isn't so expensive as it used to be to get you know decent contracts or you can find mm. really solid contracts that you can pull yourself and then run them over under the nose of a lawyer um, to sort of do that that way, which can obviously save a lot of money. Um, that's with regards to features. I, and again, locations are exactly the same as well. If you don't have your location signed, if you don't have permissions in place to use it then yes that can absolutely hinder your chances for distribution deal mm. um with regards to if we want to sort of lend that to this project um 666 um as we'll go with every single one of these forms that we're going to be showing you today you absolutely do not have to do this you don't have to sort of go through all the legal forms you don't but obviously what you decide to do after 666 with your project that will actually kind of depend on it if you do want to sort of send it off um, to uh, or, or sort of put it up for more exposure on YouTube channels and things like that. It's always good to have sign off because if you are putting people's faces in something that they may not have agreed to, then that can save you trouble down the line. I think it's yeah. always good to have some sort of agreement. And again, look, we know this is going to be a lot of people's first challenges. We're not trying to scare people off by 
saying you have to have lengthy legal contracts. You don't, but some legal placement in place will just help your chances with what you do with your shot afterwards. And as us three spoke about, it's always really, really good practice. You know, if you if this is your first project and you want to maybe go on and do two, three, five, ten, then it's good to get these things going first of all, because then when it comes to maybe doing a bigger project next time, you'll have that um, level of experience in there. Yeah. Um, you guys agree roughly? You can nod your heads or shake your heads and call me an idiot. It's absolutely fine. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I think, you know, I, I think start as you mean to go on, get in the, get yeah. in the habit of doing this. Um, you, it's, you know, it's not a prerequisite, pre, excuse me, prerequisite for you to do this, to be eligible for the challenge, but I absolutely think that you should, um, you know, you don't want to be changing agreements with anybody after you've shot, cut and like got your film together. Um, it, you know, you may not want your film to go anywhere. You may want it to just live on YouTube, but you don't know if something is going to be really successful with feature films. You know, you could think, oh, it's just a small feature film. You don't know if it's going to be a hit. You don't know if it's going to be massive. You mm -hmm. you know, that look at all of the amazing, like, low-budget feature films that have come out in the last 20, 30 years. You know, if if those um, producers and directors or, or what have you hadn't gotten the appropriate releases, and then all of a sudden this thing is on track to be a hit, the cast, quite rightly, can go, well you know, we haven't got an agreement in place and now I've got the upper hands and I've got leverage because if I say no, then your dream kind of goes away. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. And, and that's not to say that we should be making these agreements as producers now so that we can hold anything back from the cast, but it just means that, you know, you're kind of protected, your project is protected and everybody is on the same page because if it kind of transpires that, someone turns around and goes well this isn't what i agreed to and you don't have the paperwork to prove that it is in fact what you agreed to then you know it's kind of you're you're in a bit of a bad situation i would say um yeah i think so know. and then jim actually you've done a great job in answering the second part of that question of uh which was you know what how does the above work or what we've just discussed work when you know have filmmakers that do things guerrilla style it, it does make a genuine difference or there have been and genuinely some of the best films or I've seen some amazing films that have been made perfectly but they've they have done it guerrilla style they haven't had their location signed off mm. they haven't seen permission to do it and again when it comes to distribution a distributor will and there's anyone that's you know handed over the lengthy list of deliverables that you get now from a distributor or a sales agent they look at these things and they will go fine tooth comb through everything. And if you haven't got it, it's not worth their risk no. to take on your project. So you can just be completely just mothballed and, or, you know, best case scenario, if you don't do that, when you're getting your errors and emissions insurance, which will be a whole nother video we could do on that, your cost and quote will go up exponentially. So again, it is absolutely worth doing this because as we'll go into in just a second with the next two uh, documents we're going to look at, it's not too hard to get the information in there that's going to cover you and it's worth the five minutes it will take you doing it. And again, good practice. Yeah. It also shows that you're serious yeah. as well and you actually give a 100%. shit. 100%. Yes. Um, because if you turn up to set with a fuck it, I don't care kind of attitudes and you're working with actors for the first time, crew for the first time and all that, and you don't, and you don't appear to give a, give a shit, you know, that's going to be incredibly apparent from the off, you know, from the jump. Whereas if you, if you've taken the time to kind of talk to people before the shoot, you're doing your documents and you're showing like, Hey, I'm a serious person. I'm a serious filmmaker. You know, I care about this. I care about you. I want everything to be done properly. Do you know right. what I mean? That's going to have, you know, a much better impact, I think.
everyone will be on the yeah. same page. Yeah, you're very you're it's you're received very well for putting in effort. Like you don't really get producers who are just kind of off. Like, it doesn't make you come across very well. Like you were saying, it it doesn't. You don't come off well if you have a kind of devil may care attitude mm. um, to filmmaking because really you have to be quite passionate about it to do it well and to be passionate about it you have to want to make all of the effort so yeah I would just I would agree with everything that's been said it's very much a safeguarding document and you'll have a lot of people who you'll work with who will be equally passionate about what they're working on and this one document that may have taken you five minutes to fill out if it's going to tank your entire project that's also a lot of other people's projects that's also Excellent you know point. your cinematographer who can't then use it that's you know it's just there's so much more than one person can really tarnish the whole project for everybody who was involved and everybody who gave up a lot of time and a lot of effort and it's really it's very simple just to get the right sort of release and right sort of usage agreement mm. in place I, I didn't realize we were going to go down such a rabbit hole with this and i didn't realize we'd all be so passionate about <laughs> it like a piece of paperwork do you know what i mean but like i guess you know, while, while we're on the topic, it's it's also, it kind of just made me realize, like, if you're going to be cutting corners uh, with this document, where else are you going to be cutting corners? Are you going to kind of screw me later on? Uh, you know, are you going to be taking, like, stunt safety seriously? Because, you know, in horror, it can be really uh, active, very physical. You can have a lot of props that can be dangerous. Do you know what I mean? You're going to be in close proximity to other actors are often moving in dangerous ways you know if you if you're going to staging a certain kind of violent scene or something like that so it's just yeah where else are you cutting corners and stuff if you can't do this one little basic thing um so i think yeah take take the proper care do the proper stuff sorry i've waffled a lot i apologize <laughs> you don't worry jimmy again it's passion isn't it? so, uh, without further ado shall we have a look at some let's yeah I mean, it's. I feel like it is quite rightfully quite an important document for how for how little time it it does take. Because ultimately, as well, like you were saying, um, it's your reputation counts for quite a lot in this industry. It is sort of about the people you know. I am far more likely to use someone who's been recommended by some by somebody who I've worked with, who I trust. Mm -hmm. If somebody has worked with you, and they've sort of felt hard done by, yeah, it might be the case then that you know someone might come to them and say have you worked with so and so they will blackball you so mm. you're really just doing yourself out of potential other work potential other projects if yeah. you're not gonna do it, the job the way it needs to be done mm. yeah so i think you know we we weren't going to do this but like this is a short document should we fill this out real quick and then we can just show how simple it is yeah. on screen um real time yeah so let's say Chris, you're the talent. Oh, finally. Finally, so, you've noticed. <laughs> so we'll fill this out. All right, Chris Niles. Hereby grant permission to London Horror Society to use my name, likeness, voice, and performance in the short film titled 666. Oh, there we go. Boom. I have yeah, so this is the same. So we can just copy this. 
Insert name of filmmaker or production company. Copy that. Jobs are good in. And then you either print this or export it as a PDF and you add a digital signature. So you fill these out, signature, date, print your name, contact details. Oh, if someone is under 18, Evie, what do we do if someone is under 18? Um, your point of contact will be their parent or guardian. They will sign it on their behalf. Uh, sometimes if you feel that you're dealing with material that is potentially adult, if you think your film might have a bit more of a higher rating, it can be worth um, drafting a very quick letter to also get them to sign, get the parent to sign as well, to say that all it needs to be is two sentences. I am the parent guardian of blah, blah, blah. Um, I confirm that I have discussed the nature of the content with my child and I'm comfortable with them taking part in this production. That's it. And it just means, again, if there's any child licensing issues, um, that can come back. Then the one thing you do have to do with kids is you'll have to probably um, get licenses for them if you're asking them to work during school time. Uh, if it's out with, out with school hours, all you need to do is apply for... Um, lost the word uh license exemption um just email most local councils have um filmmaking email addresses um people applying for permits people applying for uh, licenses this kind of thing you'll be put in contact with somebody again you fill out a very very simple form um with talent's main name um their parents name generally as well you can send it on to the parent, ask them to fill it out, and you just send it back to the council. The one thing you will need to do is generally there's about a two-week waiting time for um, child licences, so it's probably not going to work for the sake of this project. Maybe just don't shoot with kids unless they are of a relation to you. You're not asking to take them out of school, and you can fully get their parent and guardian to consent. Um, but, yeah, there's a little bit more work involved when you're shooting with children you also when you have them on set have to monitor the amount of time yeah that they are performing for um there's all these people from all the of these documents can, are part of the licenses yeah from like the local council can just pop around and just and just yeah make sure the conditions are all okay i've had that happen a couple of times obviously everything was yeah. fine um one thing i will say though, it did happen on one thing I will say, though, as well, is with regards to getting license um, exemptions, you need to get that from the council authority where the child lives, not the council authority where you're filming. Um, yeah. Because that tripped me up a few times as well. It took me ages. But yeah, so I guess those are that's that's time of releases. Yeah, yeah. it's great. Uh, it's Super great simple. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. And uh, yeah, luckily for the sake of this, I mean, it's... Uh, that's, that's great stuff to know. And um, yeah, for anyone obviously wondering, I mean, 666 is taking over, what is it, the Saturday to the Monday, um, which is Bank Holiday yeah. Monday. So uh, all nicely exempt, but yeah, brilliant. Uh, yeah. Great stuff to know. And so, yeah, that's uh, one you can grab there and see how long that took for, for Jim to fill in. Minutes. Minutes and you're done. If that. The only reason it took as long as it did is because I'm rubbish at typing. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> eh? No. Oh, um, the glorious highlighting is uh, is absolutely exempt, but um, we encourage it. I mean, if you ever mm. want to send it to us, you know, makes it look a little nicer. <laughs> um, so, where where does a, a location release differ from a uh, a talent release, Evie? 
I mean, please correct me if you feel differently, but um, I don't think they're that different. Obviously, if you're working with more talent um, or more, you know, you know locations, um, you want to be sending it to make sure you've got to sign off. You're, if, for example, you want to, you've got a good relationship with your local pub and they can do you a favour and give you some space, just get them to fill one of these out because you are safe doing that. If somebody else in the pub, maybe their co-owner's manager, whatever, and then they have a problem with it, X, Y, and Z, we've already gone over the issues that can be caused if you've not just got them to sign it off. Um, yeah, generally privately owned stuff, locations, domestic um, spaces. There's a lot of different websites you can use for um, location rental. And a lot of the time it'll be because they're represented by this agency, um, they will be included, like these will be included in the contract that you sign with that agency to get a location release. Um, it's always worth double checking if you're contacting an agency about a potential um, filming location that once it's all organized that, you know, you are covered for a location release as well, just to be sure. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty much all the same rationale as talent release forms really, if, as far as I'm concerned. Um, the one thing that's actually quite, well, it's probably worth mentioning, if people are going to be shooting outside, um, there is a map of sort of London and the UK, I think, um, what's called a public highway. And there are varying levels of permits that you would need to apply for to shoot on these. But if you are filming with a crew of five people or less and you are not putting down a tripod or not putting down any stands or lighting rings, you don't need a permit. You can shoot on the fly. Um, obviously, if you've got any members of the public who are recognisable in the back of your shot, you will need to get them to sign a release form. So it's worth just if you're out on the fly shooting like that, having a stack of release forms to be running out to people to get them to try and sign. If somebody recognises themselves in the back of your film because it's done well, you're entertaining a lot of the same issues as if you've not got a talent release form. So um, it's just worth noting, I guess, as well. You can post signs, I would say, in your like if you again, if it's like a local pub, a cafe, something like that, you can put up filming in progress signs. This then covers you off for the public. If anyone is identifiable in the back of your shot, you need to have a release form for them. But as long as your location has been OK with you putting up those signs and those signs are visible, then nobody that kind of walks through the back of your shot for half a second can actually legally do anything because you had filming in progress signs up. Um, I, would also... I don't actually know if you can put them up outside. I can you? don't think you can in a public place, no. I don't. I don't think you can... I'd have to double check. It's been a while since I've read up on that, but we'll. Yeah. Um, I'll find. I'll Again, find a link with all of the info, and I'll put it in the show notes. Um, no, I can't. Yeah, there's I there's a really good. There. <laughs> there's a really good uh, website. It just it's like a literal map that shows you all the public highways and where these laws apply. And you know, if even if it's like a couple of exterior shots that you're hoping to pick up, you know, sort of like we were talking about with the schedule, if you can't fit them into the day that you thought you were going to do everything but you can, you and the DOP can run around with a camera the next day, mm. then you can do that without a permit as long as you're, as long as you're on the public highways, um, yeah. which is yeah. always quite handy. Most places are okay. I would, I would be really careful about certain places in central London, just because there are certain bits that are like, even the pavement is private property. Um, South bank. Don't yeah, shit on the South bank. Fucking hell. 
Jesus. It's Christ. all private. That that shoot on the Millennium Bridge was genuinely one of the most infuriating things I've ever done in my life. Um, trying to launch yeah. a drone from land that isn't technically owned but hasn't revert. Yeah, I don't want to get into it. PTSD, NAM flashbacks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll save it for my therapist next week. It's fine. Um, but yeah, I mean, Chris, have, have we got any other questions that, you know, we haven't covered yeah. off or? Yeah. So there's a couple more, but I mean, actually, we, we've, we've surrounded things off nicely. There's a couple of questions just in general about the challenge, actually, yeah, Jim, which is fine. I mean, first question we've had is, uh, are there template release forms for actors? Yes. yes, there certainly is. We've gone through them. We're going to make all these, uh, these forms. If you head to the 666 um, homepage, which we'll obviously link at the bottom of this, you'll be able to find a link with all those forms there. They're yours to do uh, with and uh, yeah, use as many or as few as you like. Um, the next question was, are there specific things we need to include in credits? For example, copyright notice, date, people depicted a fictional, etc. I mean, again, best practice. I mean, it's not, you don't, you absolutely don't have to. I mean, these aren't for like commercial release. We're not gonna be releasing these commercially on your behalf, um, yeah. but as they're going to be yours to do with after the challenge, then again, if you want to be thorough, you can be as absolutely thorough as you like. And Jim, have you got any other things on that? Yeah, so I I was going to say, if we have all of the credits supplied separately as a different file, um, they're not included in the film itself. Um, no kind of title cards at the beginning or at the end or anything like that. No credits in the actual film itself. Submit them as a separate uh, kind of file that can be in an email, spreadsheet, picture, whatever. Um, if you do decide to, um, you know, after the after the challenge and after we do a screening, if you decide that you want to put that up on YouTube, um, you know, that's uh, that's your prerogative. Um, I would personally, um, but you know, that's um, I would take that on a case by case basis, and that's up to each filmmaker. Yeah, absolutely, and we will be providing people with a title card that they have to put at the beginning mm -hmm. of their yes. film. Um, which, uh, yeah, that was the uh, the other question on there actually. Um, yes, so that will be obviously provided to people. Um, I don't know if we're actually going to be providing it at nine o'clock when it goes, because obviously there's going to be uh, other things you're going to be thinking of mm. um, at that point. But yeah, throughout the course of the weekend, we will be making that available to, yeah. uh, to everyone that's entered. Um, and it will be the same for everybody. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it'll be nice and easily available for people to download. And all of the delivery specs are available on, our, on the website at the moment. So I wouldn't mm -hmm. wait until 9pm on Friday to start thinking about those delivery specs. I would get on those now and have those in the back of your mind now wouldn't start downloading this 9 p.m friday because you're going to be busy <sighs> right and you're not going to be able to sleep you'll be like a filmmaker on christmas eve you're going to be very very excited um i i would start perusing all of this stuff now gradually over the next couple of days um because Absolutely. yeah and then when 9 p.m friday hits it's on yeah and and it, look, I also wanted to just kind of touch on it. It's all right to be kind of nervous about this we know people are going to be watching this that haven't done this before and this is really why we set up 666 right we want people that have never made a film to be empowered to go and do it to realize you know that it's uh well as alex has been uh, kind of breaking this myth but it's not actually as scary as uh, as, as you might think it is no and um, we just want to give people the information you know to give people a, a sort of a, a glimpse behind the paywall really where you know people like evie people like jim people that do this professionally for a living you know it's uh it is different there are many more hoops you have to jump through if you're doing this commercially um, but again, it's, it's great practice. You know, we're, we're not expecting people to have to have everything, you know, completely polished legal sign off on things permits. I mean, of course, that's it's just not going to be doable. But this is where 
this breeds creativity when you're kind of limited to these things and we want people to kind of be thinking outside of the box and how they can do things we want people to obviously be safe we want people to be respected throughout the shoot we want people to have a good time and absolutely not do anything illegal so yeah i think yeah <laughs> just yeah. overall i mean have a good time respect people try and do things the right way just for your own learning curve really mm. um and yeah just have fun yeah people will yeah that that's one thing no i hope i haven't terrified people too much no. it does is i've gone very into commercial side of things but i mean i i studied post-production i started as an editor and i remember like in my in my course we all got a sort of weeks run through of the different job roles and i sat and i had to do a risk assessment and i thought i could never be a producer that's not gonna happen I was like, this is so, how could you think of all of these things? How could you do all these things? And actually, they're not really as scary as they seem. It, no. it feels like a lot, but it, it helps your production to no end. Like you, It's already there in your brain. You've already yeah, got yeah. the idea for your project. You're just translating it into documents for like how to make it a reality. So, yeah, I would just say don't don't freak out <laughs> once you've done them once then they're in your head right forever and then yeah, uh, yeah. you'll be you know at a level that you were before you started and that's uh, that's yeah. you know, all we can do is just people that are learning right mm. yeah yeah 100 percent. yeah but yeah that's one thing i was going to say at the end of the podcast that i completely forgot about just on you know the, the have fun be respectful take care of all that stuff seriously please do take care the, yes this is a time-based challenge um, you know, it is a challenge and you have to move quickly and you're going to have to be, you know, light on your feet and you're going to have to cover a lot of ground in a short amount of time, but don't go burning yourself out. Don't go operating heavy machinery of, you know, when you've been up for like 48 hours or anything like that, like make sure you're sleeping, eating, you know, and tensions can run high. So let's make sure that we're not, you know, being unkind to each other or anything like that. This is meant to be fun. We're making a film. We're not saving the world. It's all good. So, exactly. yeah, that's what I think. That's all from uh, from me this evening. Um, any final thoughts from yourselves? I'm excited to see them. I'm excited to see what they do. Great. I mean, that's that's perfect. I'm I'm really excited to see what happens. And, and like I said, we're going to be around, um, available in our six 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 uh pro discord channel as well throughout the weekend so people can ask questions absolutely on the fly yeah um as they, as they go through this i mean we fully expect there will be some common theme questions coming up we will be there to help um you know we want to be as yeah. much a part of this as it is um for you guys and yeah just mad mad king to see what you uh maniacs come up with and even if you're not in the discord feel free to throw it on the twitter on the instagram mm -hmm. and stuff yeah. like that um this isn't like a competition you're not against other filmmakers and stuff like that so like it's a challenge so feel free to kind of throw these questions out in public and we can retweet them maybe somebody else knows but yeah keep keep tagging us hashtagging and stuff like that keep us posted with how you're going because we we want updates throughout the weekend but anyway i think that i think i've signed off about four times now so <laughs> let evie go because you've probably got more interesting things to do but um, yeah, thank you. For I definitely much. don't. <laughs> cool. Well, we haven't covered risk assessment. Should we chat through? No, I'm joking. Um... Happily. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, my internet connection is breaking up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh, all right. Yeah. Thanks again, Evie Russell, uh, superstar producer. Um, really, really appreciate you jumping on. No worries. Thanks for having me, guys. Cheers, Evie.